Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today our topic is asteroids and meteors. Now, does an asteroid have anything to do with Bible prophecy? The answer is yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Okay, so several people have sent me articles on this, and finally I guess I've decided to act on it. So here is the headline. This comes to us from Space.com. Headline is, Huge Asteroid Apophis Flies by Earth on Friday the 13th in 2029. A lucky day for scientists. Now, I have skinnied this article down a whole lot. It's two or three pages, and I've got two or three lines to say about it, as most of these articles are more about the people that are writing than they are actually bringing us the information. And for the most part, you and I want to know just get to the facts. <laughs> so here it is. They say that on Friday, April the 13th, 2029, a large asteroid called Apophis, that's spelled A-P-O-P, H-I-S, Apophis, will streak across the sky. It stretches about 1,100 feet across and will pass within 1,900 miles of Earth's surface. That might sound scary, but scientists are positive that it will not hit the Earth. Let me say it again. Are positive it will not hit the Earth. Instead, it's a once-in-a-lifetime chance for scientists to truly understand and study asteroids near the Earth. It goes on to say the excitement is that an object this large comes this close about once per 1,000 years, and about 2 billion people should be able to see it pass by with their naked eyes. Again, that's April thirteenth, 2029. Guess what? <laughs> Do you think that there's someone out there that has said, ah, that's a very good opportunity for me to change what the scientists are saying and a very good opportunity for me to write a book about it and to sell the book and to line my pockets with lots and lots of money based upon Bible prophecy? Do you think that something like that would happen? Um, yes. <laughs> Yes, of course. Okay, so not trying to beat up on another brother in the Lord. I don't criticize other Christians. I have been on the receiving end of God's correction. He does not need my help, I assure you. And if you have not been on the receiving end of God's correction, then that's too bad because those he loves, he chastens. So he does not need my help. And by criticizing other ministers, that includes your emails to me, by criticizing other ministers, that makes you an accuser of the brethren. And of course, who is the accuser of the brethren that stands before God accusing the brothers day and night? That would be Satan or Lucifer. So he doesn't need our help. I do not criticize. I do not hit on other Christians. So anyway, let's go on. Revelation 8-7. Now here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to talk about what the Bible says about it. And then I'm going to show you why I think that this is this meteor is not going to hit the earth. By the way, my understanding, I think it's been a long time since I looked this up, but I think it that an asteroid is something outside of Earth's gravitational pull. Whereas if it becomes inside of our space, then it's called a meteor. And I'm sure if that's incorrect, I will hear about it in emails to me. But nevertheless... Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through the scriptures talking about asteroids, meteors, and then we're going to go to why I don't think it's going to hit the earth. Not that the scientists 
say that they are positive that is not going to hit the earth, but I'm going to explain to you something you never thought of about why this is not the asteroid that is going to hit the earth. In other words, if you can see it now, that's not the one. That's not the one. Let's go on to the scriptures first. Revelation 8, 7. Now, these are the seven trumpets. Remember, one of the, remember I memorized the book of Revelation, and I got 30 uh, revelations, and uh, one, vo- one audible voice, and two visions. And that's what I put in the book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, which, of course, I would highly recommend that you get and read. Matter of fact, a pastor came up to me yesterday. He said, man, I read your book. He said, and it is awesome. He said, matter of fact, I'm starting over reading it a second time. And I said, yeah, I hear that from almost everyone. Why? Because it is all new information they've never run across before. The Spirit confirms to them that it is accurate, and you just can't pick it up all one time going through the book. As a matter of fact, that's what one of the visions, when I was told to write the book, told me that some things cannot be learned by audio or video. They have to be written down. That's the reason he said you need to write this in a book. And I didn't hear an audible voice. It was all part of the vision, and it was just imparted to me instantly. And that's the way visions are sometimes. Okay, so the audible voice said, The seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over seven days. Well, these are the trumpets, meaning that this is about seven months before the return of Jesus. I'm talking about the second return. I'm talking about the time he returns to burn at the tares and we get our rewards and all of our blessings and crowns and stuff. So Revelation 8, 7. And the first angel sounded. Now, it doesn't say a trumpet, but that's what it is. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast to the earth. And a third part of the trees were burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. Now, is that a meteor? Nope. If you read the previous verses, it says that there was fire taken from the altar and cast to the earth. The first time a meteor is involved is with the second angel meaning at this point we are someplace under seven months. Do not think, however, that the sixth trumpet is six months away, the fifth trumpet is five months away. All he said was the seven trumpets play over seven months. In my opinion, this is what I put in the chart that is in my book. In my opinion, the first, second, third, fourth trumpets all play probably over a two-week period. And then we know that the fifth trumpet is the locusts, and we know that the locusts tormented people uh, that don't have the seal of God for five months. So we know that the locusts have to be out at least five months before the return of Jesus, at least five months and possibly even six months. So let's go on to the next one. The second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burned with fire. There's your uh, meteor was cast into the sea, and a third part of the sea became blood. And a third part of the creatures that were in the sea and had life died. And a third part of the ships were destroyed. So that does a lot of damage, but that's really only the start of the really, really bad damage. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon a third part of the rivers and upon upon the fountains of waters. My opinion, it's another meteor, same thing. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And a third part of the waters became Wormwood. 
and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. So obviously something comes off of this meteor that poisons waters. Now, at this point, we're talking about, man, Jesus is trying to do everything he possibly can at this point, to try to get every sinner on earth to realize this world is passing away. And if you want to continue to live, you have to live in the eternal world or the eternity. And the only way to do that is get your name in the book of life. And the only way to do that is ask Jesus into your heart and ask him to forgive your sins. That's the reason he's bringing all of this trouble. And a third part of the waters became wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded, and a third part of the sun was smitten. My opinion that that is another giant meteor. In other words, at this point, there's meteors, asteroids flying right by our earth. And this one, about the third of the size of the sun, hits the sun. It goes on to say, and a third part of the moon, and a third part of the stars, so as the third part of them were darkened. So there's so much debris up in the air that, again, as it said, they're darkened. And the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. So you may be saying, so why do you think then that this is not the meteor? I don't think that the meteor comes out of deep space. According to Bob Wadsworth, one of our speakers, which is an expert on astronomy, said that our telescopes can spot things out in the universe up to 20 years away. Meaning, if there is an object within 20 years of arrival of the Earth, it can be spotted. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it will be spotted, but it can be spotted. I don't think that what happens on these particular trumpets is some kind of a meteor that's been out roaming in space for all eternity, because I think that they appear out of nowhere, or more specifically, I believe that they're thrown by God out of eternity, and there is little time. They just appear. And here's why I say that. Now, I covered this on another broadcast now, six, nine months ago. Now, I'm going to have to hurry through it, so let me make my point quickly. If you go to Genesis 1-1, I'm about to show you something you've probably never seen before. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was it without form. Okay, so there was nothing. And in the time when there's nothing, then what does it say? And void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So before God created the heaven and the earth, what was it like? It was without form, void, and darkness was everywhere. That's what it's saying. So what's the first thing that God does? At this point, he's done nothing. He says, and the Spirit of God moves upon the face of the waters. In my opinion, I believe that that is God gathering the waters from the solar system, the whole planets around uh, the earth, and gathering the waters to earth. Why? Because as you look at all of them, I mean, the one the thing that all of the scientists are looking for throughout all of the planets out there is water. This is the only planet around has water. That doesn't make sense, does it? This is, I believe, God bringing the water to this earth. Now, this is the creation. When what I read here, this is actually not just the creation of heaven and earth, but this is the creation of time. Before this, there was darkness. So my point is, if you want to get this, anytime you read the word dark or darkness in the Bible, any place, always ask yourself, is this talking about eternity? Because I'm about to show you scriptures that show you that darkness 
actually represents eternity, meaning no time. So then it says, and the Spirit of God moves upon the face of the waters. So the waters are gathered. Then he says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. My opinion, I believe that that's when the great bang took place. When it said, let there be light, that is not the sun. I'm going to show you the sun was not created for the set, for on the first day, second day. I think it was not created until I think it was the fourth day. Okay, so if the sun wasn't created until the fourth day, what's the light? The answer is it's the light of life. This is the light that our bodies need that we do not have. This is the light that is called the hidden manna that shines from Jesus, shines from the golden city around the earth. And that's the reason we never die or age or hurt ever, 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 ever again. So this light is the light of life. This is the light from God, not the earth. Let's go on. God saw the light that it was good and has divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. Sun is not created yet. How do you know? Let's jump down. I'll show you where the sun is created. Let's go to verse 16. And God made two. This is 16 verses later. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. So that was the third day. So the sun was not created till the third 24-hour day. What was the first light? Again, that was the light of God. Okay, so time actually started when he said, let there be light. That's when he brought the light of life, the light of creation, in to make the heavens and the earth. Now I'm about to read something that's probably about to startle you about some of the things, way this whole thing works. Acts 10, 11, and I saw heaven opened. And a certain vessel descending upon him, as it had been a great sheet, knit down at the four corners and let down to the earth. Meaning that sheet that had all of the unclean animals on it that was dropped down, that Peter saw when he was about to go to the door to answer the door of Cornelius, and then the gospel was going to go over to the Gentiles. It didn't come from 20 years out in space someplace. Heaven was open. There was just a slit in eternity and it came right down. In other words, before it was there, there was nothing. And then there was just an opening in time, and it dropped down before Peter. Same thing happens, Revelation nineteen eleven, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness. He doth judge and make war. That's Jesus returning for Armageddon. Meaning, Jesus doesn't return from 20 years out into the solar system. He doesn't go zinging past the planets where they turn to streaks and light. None of that. It's just all of a sudden time splits. Eternity enters into it, and Jesus comes out of eternity. Are you sure about that? Yeah, let me show you another place. Here it is. Let's go to the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 5.22. These words the Lord spake unto all your assembly in the mount of the out of the midst of the fire. So we got fire. This having to do with Moses. And the thick cloud and of the thick darkness with a great voice. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How do you have thick darkness when you have fire? Wait, 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 wait. How can you have fire? That's the question. How can you have fire and darkness in the same place? Because Jesus and the Father are fire but they are coming out of eternity, and eternity is darkness. That's what uh, Genesis what 1-2 said. Next verse. And it came to pass, when you heard the voice of the midst of the, out of the midst of the darkness, and it says there, for the mountain did burn with fire. Okay, so once again, we have fire 
in darkness in the same place. Then let's go to Genesis fifteen twelve. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. So what happened was when God spoke to Abraham, darkness came upon him. In other words, God entered into time and spoke directly to Abraham. And this is when he said, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. That word came directly from God, and when God approached Abraham that close, what happened was eternity split open, or time split open, better way to say it, and eternity entered into time. Eternity was the darkness. Here's another one for you. And the people stood afar off. Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. Wait a minute. I thought God was light. He is. So then how do you have God coming out of thick darkness? It's because God is light, but he is coming out of eternity to speak directly with them. Go to Deuteronomy 4.11. And he came near and stood under the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire. So we have fire again. Unto the midst of heaven with darkness, clouds, and thick darkness. So here we have fire. The mountain is burning, but we also have darkness. And thick clouds and darkness, Deuteronomy 5.22, further confirmation. These words the Lord spake and all the assembly in the mount, here it is, out of the midst of the fire and out of the cloud and out of the thick darkness with a great voice. So the mountain's on fire, there's a thick darkness, and then coming out of the darkness is the voice of God. Now, <laughs> I can go through lots of these, but the point is made the same. I don't know, let's see, here, I'll just give you the verses. Second uh, Samuel twenty two, eight, nine, ten, and twelve. Psalm ninety seven one. The Lord reigneth. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of the isles be glad thereof. Clouds and darkness around about him. Clouds and darkness. Wow. Clouds and darkness. I thought again. Jesus. I thought the Lord was light. He is, but he's coming in eternity. Joel 2, 1 and 2, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. The, the darkness is eternity. Here, I, want, I want to show you one more here before I jump to the next topic. Zephaniah 1, 14, 15 says, The day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble, distress, a day of waste and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. So there is eternity that is darkness. But Jesus, of course, is light. Let me go to the final one. Let's go to Revelation 6.12. And I beheld when he opened the sixth seal. Now, this is Jesus returning. And lo, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. How do you make the sun go black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood? Yes, well, we do know that the sun goes out. It gets seven times hotter, Isaiah 30, verse 26, and in the fourth vial, the sun goes out. So yes, we understand that. But hey, look, if the sun lost its flame right now, how do you make the sun go black almost instantly? Here's the answer. I used to think because the sun cooled down, it can't cool that quick. You got that big a thing in, in eternity, even though the space is 400 or minus 455 degrees, you can't cool the sun all the way down to being black. In other words, it would appear red or glowing still for probably many months. The reason it turns black is because eternity is entering into earth. That's the reason it says, 
and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree cast out their untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Here it is, here it is. This is the big one. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, meaning that eternity is carrying Jesus and eternity enters into time and splits time as heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. So time just moves out of the way as Jesus coming out of eternity enters into the earth. That's the reason every mountain and island removed out of the places because that's Jesus returning to rise and shake the earth terribly. When this meteor is heading towards earth, it's not coming out of deep space some 20 years away. Not going to happen. Instead, it is a split in time. Just like the sheep came down to Peter, just like eternity entered into time when God spoke to Abram, that's what it's going to do. In other words, eternity enters into time and splits time just like a cut in the sky. And all of a sudden, out of that comes an asteroid. Okay, so Stan, get to the point. The point is, do not think that there is going to be an asteroid hit the Earth Friday, April 13th, 2029. Do not think a large asteroid or meteor is going to hit the Earth Friday, April 13th, 2029. Why? Yes, we can see it. It's out there. But that's not the way it's going to happen. When the last days come, it comes from the throne of God. It comes from the hand of Jesus, and that's because eternity splits time and it was not there, and all of a sudden now it's flying toward the earth, and there is no time. There is no, oh, we've got six months before it arrives. Oh, we've got 30 days. Oh, we've got two weeks before it arrives. No, you don't have any time, because it doesn't come from deep space. It comes out of eternity. This second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. Does it say... And the second angel sounded and pulled out of deep space, pulling through 20 years of time and all of a sudden making a great mountain hit the sea. And a third part of the sea became blood. No. At one moment, the great mountain is not there. The next moment, it has split time, entered from eternity, and all of a sudden it is hitting the earth. No time. There was never a time where, and I, John, looked up into the sky, and I saw this white streak coming through the sky, and then I realized it was a great mountain burning with fire, and it took about two or three weeks to get none of that. None of that. Go to the next one. And a third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven. Boom. Right there, it's there, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers, onto the fountains of water. Didn't take any time to get there. Eternity split time, and then from the throne of God, the angel threw down. Look, let's go up to Revelation eight six. Now let's start at verse three. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given to him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. Here it is. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar. Got it? So an angel standing before the altar grabs fire from the altar and casts it to the earth. Now, did he cast this from the earth from some planet, earth, that's 
eons out beyond the solar system, and all of a sudden it flew with great veracity and speed and then hit the earth? No. It's because God is right there. That's the reason John says, After that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. In other words, John is standing on earth. He looks up, and he sees through time into the split in time, into eternity, and standing on earth, he looks up and he is able to see the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. Want another one? Here's another one. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people. Meaning, John is standing on earth, He looks up and he sees through time to eternity and he sees the golden city, about 250 miles square, coming out of eternity down. It doesn't fly through time and space. It comes out of eternity. It's it's not like a meteor. Okay, It just comes right. It wasn't there before. And all of a sudden there's a split in time. And then coming out of eternity is the tabernacle that sets down upon one mountain, There's only one mountain on the earth at this point because every valley has been exalted. The hills and the mountains have been made low and the crooked places are made straight and the rough places are made plain, Isaiah 44. At that point, he can look up and he can see heaven opened. And I saw that's when they see Jesus. All of a sudden, look, they're on the earth. Matter of fact, they're even down under the earth. And even though they're down in the earth, they cry to the rocks and the mountains and say, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who should be able to stand? They're under the earth, but they see Jesus return in the clouds. How can that happen? Because we're not talking about time. We're talking about eternity has entered into time. So my point being today, do you need to be worried about a meteor Uh, arriving upon the earth. Yes, absolutely. There's several places where the scriptures say that. However, is it coming from 20 years out into deep space? Is it going to arrive Friday the 13th of 2029? No. No, it doesn't come from deep space. It comes out of eternity. And if God wanted to throw an asteroid down or to a meteor down on the earth and make it hit right now instantly in Florida, for example, He would open up eternity, and there would be a split in time, and it comes right through the split in time, and it hits, and boom. That's the way it works. That's the way Jesus returns. He wasn't there, and then all of a sudden there's a split in time, and now he's here. Back in 2017, God helped me to memorize the book of Revelation. God showed me that the word first fruits is actually a secret door linking the Feast of Leviticus to the prophecies of Revelation, allowing the end-time events to be placed in chronological order as never before. One prophetic word said it this way, There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time into obsolete books. That's this book. For the first time, you will understand that on first fruits, Jesus, the Lamb, returns to Mount Zion with 144,000 one-year-old Jews. On Pentecost, the wheat who are ready, go to the marriage supper of the Lamb with the barley. The Father promotes Jesus at the marriage supper from Lamb to Lion, from Prince to King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus receives many crowns, a vesture dipped in his own sacrificed blood, and a white horse. The barley and wheat receive a wedding garment and a white horse to return on trumpets about four months later. This is the day of the Lord. 
Jesus the judge uses the morning star lightning sword to burn the tares. This is the judgment seat of Christ. All in Jesus report here and receive their just rewards. On atonement, Jesus is the judge at the great white throne. For those not in Jesus, the dead are judged based upon their works written in the books. Whosoever is not found written in the book is cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. On tabernacles, the new Jerusalem comes down from God out of heaven, all explained in the secret door to understand Bible prophecy. One for 20, don't do that. Five for 30, 10 for 55, or a case of 60 for $250 at prophecyclub.com. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55, prophecyclub.com. Gives you extras to give away to your friends. I've got good news. We are going to offer the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade next year, April 8th through the 12th in 2020. Find out more about it by going to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. 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 Download our free app from the App Store. You can now watch 160 Prophecy Club recordings without interruption. The introductory rate, $20 recurring monthly subscription. A one-year subscription is a gift of $200. You get the first three days free just to check it out. Watch prophecyclub.com. 